not every rate story is a bad one or a sad one. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Sam Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoicesam and receive three months of Voice Sam for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoicesam. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday Veopreneur. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Everyday Veopreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, looking forward to having a great discussion and sharing some really fun stories today. One of the things that drives me absolutely crazy about the voiceover industry is all of the belly aching that goes on on the subject of rates. Every single day, you can sign into any social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, head to one of the groups, and it is guaranteed that you are going to find somebody whining, griping, moaning, and complaining about another bad rate situation. Rates are declining. Client asked me to do a job for this ridiculous rate. Such and such an agency is shopping around for talent at this rate. Fiverr this, freelancer that, Upwork this, and it never seems to end. We've turned the rates conversation into a perpetual pity party. Constantly feeling sorry for ourselves, constantly whining and groaning that rates are on the decline and the industry is coming to an end and the sky is falling and... I'm so over it. I mean, I really am so over it. There's a couple of things that come into play in the rates conversation. And the one that I like to throw back at talent, and the one that makes people uncomfortable, is simply this. Rates will go as low as talent allow them. See, we put all of the blame on everybody else. We blame the casting sites. We blame Fiverr. We blame amateurs, freelancers. We blame production companies. But we never take any responsibility for ourselves. And the reality is that we hold just as much responsibility in the rates decline as anybody else does because rates will only go as low as we, the talent, allow. Until we stand up and start saying no, the rates will continue to drop. And the bottom isn't going to come until we start saying no. How low is it going to be? Now, you might be thinking, but I'm not accepting those rates. Okay, perfect, as you shouldn't be. But it doesn't mean that you don't share responsibility because I also think that it's part of our responsibility as an industry to provide education and to participate in meaningful conversations. When a client comes to you with a budget that is low, rather than having a hissy fit, throwing a temper tantrum, griping on social media, what if you went back to them professionally and had a discussion about their budget and what's actually realistic for professional voiceover services. And if you can't come to terms, what if you just agreed to disagree and move on rather than participating in the whining and the griping and the belly aching? 
which, by the way, does absolutely nothing to solve the problem. So what I want to do this week is contribute to the conversation in a positive way, because the reality is that while it's true that some rates are getting lower, particularly in the broadcast space and more specifically in the commercial broadcast space, there are other areas of voiceover where rates are actually going higher. I'm making more money for corporate narration now than I have in the past. I'm making more money for e-learning now than I have in the past. And so I haven't really seen any kind of massive decline. Are there people out there that are hiring on Fiverr? Absolutely. And there always will be. And long before Fiverr existed, there were people that were going to other sites looking for low-paying talent because there's always going to be a dollar store. But not every rate story is bad. And so in order to do my part to contribute to the shifting of perspective, if you will, I wanted to put together a podcast episode that was filled with stories of actual working voice actors who have had success in raising rates, who have had success in standing by their rates and standing by their budgets. And I thought, rather than just me going on and talking about this, because that's only going to carry so much weight, if I could get stories from actual everyday VOpreneurs in the industry so that you can see that this is really working for a lot of different people, I think it would make a difference. A lot of you will say, well, yeah, of course, Mark, you're able to get rates because you're a professional and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know what? I'm just an everyday working talent just like the rest of you are. So I've gone out and I've talked to some people and I've collected some stories. And by the end of this episode, hopefully it will have shifted your perspective a little bit to know that it is possible to still get fair market value for your voiceover services and to know that you can stand up for your worth and your value. And the story that I want to kick this episode off with is the one that I think is going to have massive impact because it comes from a guy who built his business on Fiverr. This is a story that everybody needs to hear, and I'm so grateful that Rob Novak took the time to share it. When I decided to leave Fiverr, I wanted to try to take at least one of my regular clients with me. So I sent out an email to my three most loyal ones saying, I'm leaving Fiverr. I'll be charging, quote, real world rates for projects going forward. And if they wanted a quote comparison on our last project, just to let me know. And one I was pretty sure I wouldn't hear back from, and I didn't. <laughs> Another uh, did come back, asked for the comparison. He didn't get upset with me necessarily, but he did kind of come back with like, you know, I, I can't afford that. You know, this is like just a hobby for me, which he was really trying to start a business for himself. Um, you know, and I just kind of had to say, you know, voiceover isn't going to be a hobby for me. I want it to be my work. Uh, so I left it open for him to reach out to me again if his hobby took off more. The third client got back to me and basically just said, okay, what's the new rate? I told him, they said, okay, and to look for two more scripts next week. I've done several more projects for them since. You know, it's really important to stand up for yourself here with these rates and to assert yourself a bit. It's okay to tell people what you're worth because you are worth that. And it's uh, important to engage and educate our clients on why we need to charge what we charge. One of the things that really bothers me in social media is when quote-unquote professional voice actors and quote-unquote veteran voice actors shame talent who are working on Fiverr. 
and shame them for the work that they do and for the rates that they charge. And, and my whole thing is, what if, instead of shaming them, what if instead of making them feel bad or making them feel like less of a person, what if we mentored them? What if we had conversation with them? What if we took them out for coffee or jumped on a quick Zoom chat just to find out why are you on Fiverr and why do you feel like you're not worth more and is there anything that I can do to support you or to encourage you? Which is always the approach that I have taken with people who tell me that they're working on Fiverr. I don't like it. I don't think anybody should be doing it, but it's also not my job to tell anybody how to run their life and run their business. I do think, though, that it is my responsibility, not just as a coach, but as a fellow talent and as a human being, to have a little bit of respect and be willing to have those conversations. And Rob, I just want you to know, for whatever it's worth, I have massive respect for the fact that you started out on Fiverr, recognized that you wanted more and that you were worth more, and that you've done the things that you need to do to move yourself off the platform. And I know in doing that, it was probably hard because you probably left money on the table. But I also know that in the long run, you are going to make it back many times over by getting what you are worth. So I have massive respect for that. I love the fact that you are taking your business seriously and doing what you have to do to move it forward. Listen to what he said. He had a client that was willing to accept the rate, and that proves a couple of points. First, when you provide great service and you're the voice that they want, clients are willing to pay. They are willing to pay professional rates for that. And secondly, it's further evidence that competing on rates alone isn't the only way to book the job. If this guy was really just looking for the cheapest voiceover, he would have stayed on Fiverr. But he wasn't looking for the cheapest voiceover. He was looking for what Rob brought to the table, and he was willing to pay Rob for that. So don't ever tell me that the only way that you can book is by competing on rates, because Rob's story is evidence that it doesn't have to be that way. So again, Rob, kudos to you. Much respect for making that move. And I am sure that there are other VOpreneurs that are listening to this episode right now that are on Fiverr that are going to be inspired by your story and know that it is possible to get more for the work that they provide. And I thank you for sharing that story and inspiring those people. Sticking to your rates means sometimes you got to be a little bit inflexible. And that doesn't make you a dink. Let's be clear on that. It means that you know your worth. And when you know your worth, I believe that clients are going to have a deeper respect for you. And I think that this story by Ben Wake is evidence of that. Now, I do a lot of medical e-learning, uh, which can be a both a blessing and a curse. A blessing in the fact that I have a good knowledge of what my rates are for that. A curse in that the smallest sniffle I self-diagnose quicker than you can type WebMD. In this instance, I had a production company contact me. The client had found my voice via my website and decided that they wanted to use uh, a British voice for their medical e-learning. The company had the information of how long the script was. The client also wanted a two-hour directed session. Because of the amount of medical e-learning I've done before, I knew what my rates were. Um, I quoted the company those rates and they said it was above the client's budget. Now, I don't have a problem with saying no to a project uh, if it falls below my rates. I'm flexible to an extent, but I know what my rates are and I do tend to stick with them. Now, the production company said the rate was fixed. 
I made them aware that if the client did indeed want my voice, uh, then these were my rates. They knew how much it would now cost to have me voice their project. They can take it back to the client and the client can make the final decision. The client chose to up the budget. They met my rates in full. They got back with the production company. The two-hour session was scheduled, completed, and everyone went away happy. Now, also with my projects, I provide a contract uh, that clearly details what they're getting. It also details my pickup policy and any change of script and how much that would cost. So when the client did come back with, albeit a relatively small revision to the script, but significant enough for me to have to come back into the studio and re-record some bits, they weren't shocked when a new invoice arrived on the desk. That again was paid in full within 48 hours uh, and everyone went away happy. And I've since gone on to work with both the production company and the end client a couple of times further. You can get your rates if you're willing to stick with them and also prove why you're worth those rates. Ben didn't have to be rude. He didn't have to be mean. He didn't have to gripe on social media. He didn't have to feel insulted or offended because the client didn't bring rates to the table that he wanted right away. What Ben did was acted like a professional. He conducted himself as a business owner. He stood by his rates, and I really do believe that in the end, the client respected that. If we bow down to any rates request, especially unreasonable ones, it shows weakness and desperation. And there are clients who are absolutely going to exploit that. And that is why it's essential to be confident. When you have that weakness and desperation, it doesn't just impact the rates that you get for your work, but it's also going to impact the quality of the work that you are doing. So you have to be confident. Something else I want to point out that Ben said, and I think this is really important, he talked about having a contract with clearly defined terms, and that is absolutely essential. Having that agreement or contract clearly outlined up front, that is part of your responsibility as a business owner. That is thinking not just like a voice actor, but thinking like a VOpreneur. Once upon a time, agents handled all of this stuff. But if you're going to go out there and you're going to find your own work and you're going to build your own client base, then you're going to have to know how to handle this. And the contract doesn't need to be something fancy. It doesn't need to be something complicated. It just needs to be an agreement that says, this is the rate we agreed upon for this usage. And this is the policy on revisions or retakes. And just spell it all out up front so that everybody's on the same page. That is a really, really smart way to do business. If you don't understand that side of things, I would really encourage that you do a search for voiceover legal by Rob Sigampaglia. And I'll actually include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. But Rob is a voice actor and an actor, and he's also an attorney. And so nobody understands this better than he does. And he wrote a book specifically on this type of stuff for the voiceover industry. It is absolutely worth the investment checking out so that you understand and so that you are always on the same page with your clients. There's never any room for doubt or confusion. The voice acting community is one of the most giving communities that you will ever encounter. On any given day, there is so much advice being handed out, whether it's through Facebook, through YouTube, through blogs, podcasts, other forms of social media. So many people are looking to help. And I believe that one of the reasons for that is because as we all get better at running our voiceover businesses, it's better for the industry as a whole. Here's the challenge. Just because somebody has a YouTube channel or a Twitter following or 
has the capacity to write a blog doesn't specifically mean that they're somebody that you should be taking advice from. So one of the things that I wanted to do was to compile a resource of people that I knew could be trusted and collect advice from them. I reached out to 35 industry mentors and I asked every one of them the same question. If you could give a voice actor one piece of advice, what would it be? I reached out to people like Joseph Riano, like Pat Fraley, Nancy Wolfson, Joan Baker, Chuck Duran, Everett Oliver, J. Michael Collins, Mary Lynn Wisner, Jeffrey Umberger, and so many more. 35 people in the voiceover industry that I know, respect, and trust, and that I know will give good advice to you. I took all of this advice and I compiled it together into a free ebook called One Piece of Advice. And that ebook is available at markscottcoaching.com forward slash one piece of advice. This is an opportunity for you to learn for free from some of the most respected people in our industry to take their advice and use it to make yourself better and grow your voiceover business. You can download that free ebook now at markscottcoaching.com forward slash one piece of advice. Now back to our show. Jen Henry did something that every single one of us at some point has feared. That we quoted ourselves out of the job. That the bid that we put in was too high. And we put that out there and then we sweat and we stress. Or maybe because of that fear, we don't put it out there. But you should. Listen to Jen Henry's story. It was really, really hard <laughs> to learn how to have confidence in my rate card. A uh, quick backstory. When I started freelance voiceover work, I was on WIC and food stamps and had two very young guys. And it was a make it or break it. There was no safety net. So it was literally sink or swim. I had about a year on a freelancer site where it was a fantastic learning curve. And I learned what I had to tolerate and what I really didn't have to tolerate. That in and of itself gave me some rate confidence. So when I started getting into more consistent and lucrative jobs, maintaining that confidence was a little bit easier, but still really, really tough when you're getting going and started. And everything seems like it's going to be the last opportunity. I got a really nice direct invite from a stateside e-learning company, and their rate was incredibly low. Uh, my rate at the time was even three times as much. I had a great exchange with the, the person who sent it to me and just let them know, I would love to work with you. Here's my rate. If your budget parameters change, please keep me in mind. The next day, I got an email back from them, and they met me almost at my rate. They came up over two and a half times. Six years later, <laughs> not only has my rate scaled with them over time, I still work with them regularly, and they have proven to be an incredible referral source. And it was just with two very polite words. No, thank you. So know what you're worth, understand your value. And that breeds respect from clients that can turn into an incredible, long-term, very lucrative relationship. I've absolutely done it. It has absolutely happened to me. I have quoted on jobs before, and I was confident that when I threw that quote out there, even though I was standing by my rates, that the client was going to run away. 
but then I've come back and landed the job anyway. Part of the power that you have in successfully negotiating is a willingness to say no and walk away. And that can be done respectfully and professionally without burning bridges. Again, it doesn't mean that you got to go on social media and insult the client and insult the rates and cry about budgets and do all of those things that voice actors are doing every single day. Doesn't have to work that way. Do it respectfully. Do it professionally. Clients are going to respect you for it. We tend to think that when rates are bad, clients are trying to screw us. But what if the rates are just bad because the client isn't educated? What if they've never worked with a professional voice actor before so they don't really know what fair market value is? Or what if rates are low because one time one voice actor took it? What if rates are bad because clients are running companies with a profit-generating objective and part of that strategy is starting low and seeing who will bite? Did you ever think about that? Maybe the client actually is willing to spend $500 on that video, but they're only throwing out $150 just to see if somebody's going to take it. And usually there's somebody who's going to take it. But if you know your worth and you stand by it and you are the voice that that client wants, they're going to come to the table with you. One of the most important things that Jen said is something that I think many talent will overlook in this episode. Six years later, not only has my rate scaled with them over time, and that is so important, her rate scaled over time. I evaluate my rates with my clients every year. I sit down and I look at what the rates are and whether or not those rates are where I want them to be. And if they're not, at that time, I will have the conversation about increasing rates. And this is something else that a lot of voice actors are afraid of. And part of that is because we don't understand business. You're not thinking like a VOpreneur. If you're working with legitimate companies, then they understand that the cost of doing business increases over time. Your rent goes up, your cable bill goes up, your hydro bill goes up, your heating bill goes up, your water bill goes up, your cell phone bill goes up. Over time, inflation impacts all of these things. The cost of living and the cost of doing business increases. And any smart company is going to stay on top of those increases. So when you are coming to the companies and explaining that we haven't evaluated our rates in a while and it's time for me to do it because, you know, my costs have increased over time, as I'm sure you understand, and your costs have increased over time as well, legitimate companies are going to understand that because they're building that into their rate structure as well. So make sure that you are scaling up over time. And I love that Jen said that because it's definitely something that I think a lot of talent forget to do. You don't just set the rate and then stick with that rate for the next decade. Yes, if that's the rate that you want and you're happy with it and it's a good rate, that's fine. But if you've set a rate, maybe at the time you thought it was decent, but a few years later now you realize that you probably should have went a little bit higher, scaling the rate over time is absolutely important. You know, earlier in the episode, I mentioned about the willingness to walk away. And I got a story about that now. Emmett Andrews was willing to walk away. And the result of that willingness, well, this one's going to knock your socks off. Listen to Emmett's story. So I had auditioned for this national ad campaign, TV campaign, and I didn't think much about the audition because I usually don't when it's, it's something national because there's so much competition for those. But I got a call from my agent and she said, hey, they really liked your audition. 
they're leaning toward you. It's kind of between you and one other person. Here's the rate. And I, I said, well, that, that sounds all right to me. And she said, well, it seems a little low to me. And she explained why with the usage it, it seemed low to her. And she said, if you want to take the rate, I'll accept and we, we, you can probably book the job immediately. But I think you should get more. And my response to her was, well, you're the, you're the professional. You, you know what's fair and what's not. And it's my job to trust you. So if you don't think it's fair, walk away. If you're not able to get what you see as a fair rate, walk away and I, I won't be the least bit hurt or offended. I'll, I'll survive. And she called me back about 24 hours later and she said they want to go with you. And I was able to negotiate what I think is a fair rate. And then she gave me the rate, which was about 15 times what the original offer was, thousands and thousands of dollars more. And uh, I was not expecting that. And I, I you know, I, I kind of played it cool on the phone, like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds great. Uh, meanwhile, I'm, I'm about to explode inside with, uh, with excitement. Uh, so clearly that worked out well for uh, keeping value with what we do and, and holding to that rate because that's what it's worth. Um, and in this case, I, I have to obviously give my agent props for being a superb negotiator. I don't think there's probably any way that I would have been able to get that number up that high by myself. Um, but it was a good reinforcement that there is value to what we do. There's a lot of value to what we do. And if we hold tight to that rate and sell ourselves, there's no reason that we have to cut rate to get the job. And apparently the other talent that I was kind of up against for, for the gig, they didn't ask for a rate increase. They would have taken that original offer um, and they still chose me for the job even at 15 times the rate, which tells you that competing on price is not where it's at. Competing on price isn't going to to really help you that much. It didn't help that person. And, and I mean, they were in the in the final two at a tiny fraction of the of the rate and the job still went to me and so if that's not a, a good story for maintaining rate and keeping that i don't know what is 15 times you heard that correctly 15 times what's more important than that is the fact that the other competing talent didn't ask for more and still lost the gig. Which goes back to what I said earlier. If you're the voice, you don't have to compete on budget. A 15 times increase in the rates and the other talent who was willing to do it for the original offer didn't book. Don't ever tell me again that the only way to compete is on budget. When the client wants you, they'll pay for you if you're reasonable and stand by your worth. Discounts are for the dollar store. You're better than that. And quality clients will pay for quality talent. And this is also a great example of working with your agents. And kudos to this agent in particular for standing up for fair rates as well. May we all work with agents who are so bold. As I said at the beginning of the episode, rates will only decline as low as we as talent are allowing it. And in this particular case, Amit and his agent 
they weren't willing to allow it. And not only is that a huge win for Emmett, and I'm so excited that he was able to experience that win, that was a huge win for our industry. And I hope that you recognize that. Because that agent was willing to stand up for the rates, because that agent was willing to make that big of an ask, that is probably going to shape the rates that that client is going to offer going forward. That has a trickle-down effect throughout the entire industry. So, Emmett, whoever your agent was that did that for you, pat on the back from me and the rest of the VOpreneur community because we have massive respect for that. Part of thinking like a VOpreneur is recognizing that we're all in business and we're all running a business. We aren't just a voice in a booth. And so that means that we have to understand kind of how it works, talking to people who are in the upper echelons of the company and sometimes talking with people who are a little bit further down the food chain. Customer service is so important to us successfully running our business, and ultimately to us getting the rates that we want to get for the work that we do. And this story from Ryan DeRozier speaks exactly to that. So this is my story of the time that I negotiated for a rate increase and actually got it. This is uh, a little while ago. I I got on the roster of an e-learning company when I was pretty new to the industry, and uh, they were a great client, and I was working away and After a while, when I gained a little more experience and discovered that uh, the rate that I was working for wasn't really where it should be, I I went back to them and I requested an increase to what I thought was a fair rate. And I got it. So, you know, that's the short part of the story. But what I think is really important from the story was what I called treating everyone like they're the CEO. So um, the woman who I was working with, sort of my direct contact, really went to bat for me uh, over this rate increase. And it seems to me the reason was, you know, I did what I could to make her life easy um, as much as possible. Now, she wasn't the person who uh, hired me. She wasn't the person who was going to make the final decision on the rate increase. But wherever I could, I looked for ways to make her job easy. You got to remember that everyone that you're working with has a job to do. They have their own frustrations, their own challenges. And I was just on the lookout for the ways that I could help her so that when that time came, she went to bat for me because I was someone she could depend on to get her what she needed. An example of that, um, she mentioned to me that one challenge she was always having was finding voice actors who could do the dialogue part in e-learning to really be able to act and perform those roles in a way that was convincing. So I made sure that I worked on that and I was ready to deliver that uh, when she needed it. And it made a big difference. So what I would say is that whoever you're working with, whether they are the CEO or whether they're just that frontline person, do what you can to help them out. Do what you can to be uh, of service to them because when you make their life easier, it tends to come back to you. Treating folks like they're the CEO. I think that's a really good motto. I think that's a really great way to approach every interaction that you have with your clients, regardless of where they land on the food chain. Customer service is a huge part of what we do. Just like marketing is not all about you. Anybody that's worked with me knows that. I teach that. Your business and service isn't all about you either. One of my favorite things to say, happy clients are repeat clients, and they tell their friends. 
Ryan made her life easy, listened to her needs, did what he could to meet them. And this should go without saying, but it needs to be said. You need to make sure that you're doing the same. And when you are, you'll start having more experiences like Ryan. Where happy clients are repeat clients. And they tell their friends. Guys, what you've experienced in this episode is five different stories from voice actors who have stood by their rates with success. It is so important to me to start changing this narrative that exists in our industry. There is such a negative narrative around the topic of rates, and I will do everything that I can in my power to shift that narrative. And I think this episode is a really great place to start doing that because you're hearing from everyday VOpreneurs who are making it happen. Not just big names. These are not the Hollywood. This is not... J. Michael Collins, or all of those people that we look up to, everyday VOpreneurs just like me and you, who are standing by their rates, making things happen, knowing their worth, and getting paid accordingly. Be inspired by these stories to do the same thing for your business. Thank you so much to Rob Novak, to Ben Wake, to Jen Henry, to Emmett Andrews, and to Ryan DeRozier for taking time to share your stories. We appreciate them. And I know I'm inspired by them. Make sure that you share this episode with your friends, guys. If you go to vopreneur.com, there are social share buttons you can click to share this episode on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. This is an episode that is absolutely worthy of being shared. This is an episode that is going to shift a narrative in our industry. And we can all do our part by making sure that everybody has a chance to hear these success stories. So head to vopreneur.com. Click those share buttons, spread these around on your social network so that everybody can hear these stories. As always, make sure that you're subscribing wherever fine podcasts are given away for free, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. And you can listen to any episode anytime at vopreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly. We think your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Sam Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me/msvoicesam and receive three months of Voice Sam for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me/msvoicesam. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.